Welcome to episode two of the Arts and Casey podcast presented by the Northland Symphony. I'm your host, John Coster, with my other host, Jim Murray, music director and conductor of the Northland Symphony. All right. Since this is episode two, we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about the podcast. We no. can just get into the fun stuff, can't we? That sounds good. So, since this is presented by the Northland Symphony, we get first billing whenever <laughs> we decide to, and that is right now. So, Jim, All it right. is August. It is. It is. We are almost to season 51. 51. Get the people excited. Well, you know, it. I, I love, you know, I'm a teacher. Most people know I teach at a college. So this time of year is like one of my favorites. It's the new beginnings, right? Everything's starting over. The, all the orchestra seasons Spoken are Spoken like a true teacher, right? <laughs> all my academic year is starting over. And so it makes for a hectic month. But a lot of excitement, and I always, and I'm always that way when the orchestra season starts. Um, I've spent the summer um, working on planning our 51st season, and we've had part of that is divided into two things, right? You have the music part and the logistics part. So we've had to spend some effort working things out with the venue, and uh, we're really excited that we have our dates secured. We're going to be back at Staley High School for our four main concerts, and then return to Pine Ridge Presbyterian for our chamber concert that I think has really been popular. And um, we've got all that nailed down. Our children's choirs are confirmed for the December concert, uh, and and that's going to be great. And so we are very, very close to releasing the season. Um, The music's going to be great, so you need to watch your inbox, watch your mailbox. We'll be sending out our season brochure. John will make sure that it goes everywhere and that everyone will know about our concerts. Our first concert will be the second Sunday in October. Um, I don't have, I can't pull the date right off my head right now, but um, uh, I know it's the second Sunday in October. Uh, so it's coming up, and the orchestra will get started right after Labor Day. So uh, it'll be an exciting time. We're looking forward to, always looking forward to get back to making music. Yep. And speaking of learning about that, there are several ways to be in the know. So we have a new website recently, Chris and a month or two ago, I'd say. Um, Which is fantastic. Much more, I'd say, user-friendly. It's a lot easier to sign up for stuff, sign up for our email list. Uh, It's much easier to find out when concerts are, sign up for, buy tickets for things. So it's, I think it's going to be a lot more useful for a lot of people. Um, But not tickets for concerts, not buying tickets. Right, not buying tickets for concerts, buying tickets for our fundraiser. That's right. Um, And you want to sign up for the email Right, so you can go on there and you can sign up for our email list, which you'll, you'll get concert reminders, you'll get the season announcement, you'll get... But you're not going to get something five times a day. Right. We're very... Uh, you'll um, get notifications when the next podcast episode comes out. Right. Big deal. Um, yep. And then also if you want to join our mailing list, you can send us an email yeah. or uh, sign... You can. There's sign a form up. on the website where you can put your address, like fill out your address and that kind of thing. So you get the printed brochure, you, you can put on your brochure. mailbox or your refrigerator at home, so it's there to remind you. Exactly. So there's lots of different ways. Follow us on Facebook, yep. uh, facebook.com slash North End Symphony. It will be everywhere. Yep. Just make sure that you're following us somewhere and you'll see it. Absolutely. Or follow us everywhere and you'll just, you'll know. Absolutely. You want to be in the know. Um, also, on the new, on Facebook, you can go and check out, if you haven't already, um, the we've got pictures from the Kaufman Center up, lots of Amazing them. Amazing pictures. Amazing. Um, and then we also have trivia night. So if you're there and you want to see what those pictures look like, go grab them. Or if you've never them. attended and you're curious to know what it's like, exactly. There you go, and you can make plans for this next year. If you know the people in them, tag them so That's they right. see them. Um, and so that'll be that that'll be on our Facebook page. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what's going on with the symphony. Um, the as we move into the main topic for today, the we've got a really special our first our first guest our first very special guest uh, Joan Cabell 
with the CGSC Foundation, which you'll hear about in a minute. Um, very much looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a great interview. Uh, I, I agree. I think so. And, and obviously being number one is pretty special. It is. Um, not as special maybe as episode one. Correct. I think that will... Do we get... Who was the guest? In the, was it, was it, it you? It was just me and you in episode one. Do you get like special guests for being like the main topic no, person? No, I don't episode? think so. No? Okay. Maybe I'll get a plaque. No, nah, we don't have a budget for a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to donate it to was, Jim's plaque It fund. was my honor to be the first guest. <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll be back right after this, with, and we'll get to Joan Cabell, which is probably why you're listening in the first place. Welcome back. We are joined by our first... Jim, inaugural guest. I know, it's very exciting. Very exciting. And we're joined by the development director yes. of the Command General Staff College Foundation, Yes. Wow. Joan Cabell. That's impressive, John. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. Happy to have you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming and being our very first guest. Yes, very exciting. Very big honor. We'll, we'll have a plaque. <laughs> we'll have a plaque made. Um, just to, to we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll take it up to the college. Sign the now. wall. There, you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. there yeah. we go. And there's a giant sigh of relief for people like, we don't have to listen to just Jim and John. This yeah. <laughs> big time. Now big you've time. added Joan. So That's there right. You go. Jim, John, and Joan. <laughs> oh, Future guests Man. have to start with a J. That's right. We've set a standard. So uh, for those that were confused when I said Command General Staff College Foundation, right. I think it best before we get into the particular reason why, we, why you're here, I think we back all the way up to and kind of give some context and some history on kind of where it is, where it's, what's what's going on, and, and kind of fill people in that may not be familiar with that. Absolutely. Okay, so the Command and General Staff College has been up at Fort Leavenworth uh, since 1881. So William Tecumseh Sherman from the Civil War uh, decided that after the Civil War, never again would he have soldiers that were not trained or educated. So he started the college there. The Ford had actually been there since 1827 but he actually started um, the college then in 1881. So literally for roughly around 135 years, we have been educating mostly Army officers are selected to come there once they reach the rank of major to pursue their master's degree. So it actually, from an academic standpoint, acts as a bit of a graduate school. Yeah, absolutely. It is accredited the same way as any other graduate school is accredited. And you, if you go to get your master's degree, it's a master's in military arts and science. Um, Many of the majors, or I should say some of the majors, choose to get other degrees. And so they might get a different degree through KU, K-State, Webster University, any of those. They can choose also to do that. But probably about 80% of them get the graduate degree in uh, military arts and science. Gotcha. So you have the Command General Staff College. Right. At Fort Leavenworth. At Fort Leavenworth. At Fort Leavenworth. And you're with the Command General Staff College Foundation. Correct. So let's so fill in that gap here. We will fill in that gap. <laughs> so roughly a little over 10 years ago, General Petraeus actually helped to start the foundation oh, because wow. he realized there was a lot of programming that he wanted to do for the students that they couldn't do um, because obviously it is a more financial support yeah and and so obviously since it's run by the government the school um, there's certain things that are taxpayer 
taxpayer dollars will pay for, such as their education, but certain things that they cannot do. So they thought a foundation would be a good way to kind of fill that gap. So what we try to do, our, our actual mission is to enhance, support the college in enhancing their education. And we do that basically in three ways. We support them with sponsorship, um, and it means more around, excuse me, I said sponsorship, I meant scholarship. And it means that, um, not that we pay for their education, but that we bring in a lot of uh, different speakers to talk right. to the students to help enhance yeah. their education. Mm -hmm. So we recently had Alex Gorski, the CEO of Johnson & Johnson, that came in to speak to the students. He was a former West Point grad. Ah that became the CEO, so it was an interesting story. We've had retired generals come in, ambassadors, so that's one way. We do a lot of outreach to the community, and this is one way, doing the podcast, but we also have what we call walk and talks. We invite community people sure. to come up and tour, which John has gone on. Yeah, it's amazing. It do is it. amazing to do it, so we have those once a month. Um, we have a big international officers gala that we do at the Kaufman Center kind of introduce nice. mm -hmm. our international nice. officers to the community. And then we do programmings around um, officers and their families because um, most of these officers have only known conflict that have been there and they might anywhere from two to four times have been deployed. So it's a lot of stress around the family. So we try to do programs that's that help a, support That's a the lot family. to do. That's it a big... is. Big mission. It is absolutely a big mission, and, and the thing that I'm here for is kind of one of our outreach areas, which is around our, what we call, Art of War Gifts of Peace. Okay, so I think setting up what that is, I think we might take a step back and talk about kind of the international piece of the yeah. college. I think, I, think, I think it's easy to grasp, okay, great, our, our, our high-end military majors and stuff, they go get education, but it's really a lot more even from a world, I mean, it's worldwide. Absolutely, it, it is world class. So every year uh, since 1895, we have had um, international officers that are selected through the State Department. And it's roughly between 100 to 120 that come each year. So we've just now graduated roughly about 8,000 of them. Amazing. Which is just amazing. Uh, amazing. And um, currently three are heads of state that went through the college. So the King of Bahrain, the Prime Minister of Singapore, and the President of Rwanda wow. all went wow. through the college. Um, and so it's a really important program uh, for national security, for foreign relations. Diplomacy. Diplomacy. It's a good way. Each one of these officers has three sponsors, so they get sponsors here. So the sponsors really get to know the officers well. They get to learn more about what's going on in the United States. They have a great 10-month program. They get to go to yeah, Topeka. I was going to ask, are the yes. international officers doing the same two-year master's degree, or are they doing a, the 10-month? Um, they're actually doing the same master's okay. degree. Right. Um, so cool. they've got a very, very uh, cool course, because besides from taking classes... Then they have other... They've got all... Because we want to make sure they see a lot of what's going on, so they get kind to like see... the cultural... Yes. Studies of the United States. So Absolutely. Yeah. So besides having American sponsors, then they get to go to they they get to go to Topeka. They get to go to Wichita to see some manufacturing. They get to go to New York. They go to Washington D.C. Yeah. So they they get to go to Gettysburg. So they get to see the battle that was there. Right. So they really cool. get a very cultural look um, at what we're doing. So it makes for great relations. I Colin Powell in one of his books stated 
that when he was having trouble with one of the countries, it was one of his classmates. Huh. And he actually was able to call him on the phone yep. and say, hey. are you having issues there? And he's like, <laughs> no, we're absolutely fine. But again, it showed yeah. that you wouldn't be able to do that if you hadn't built those relationships. Yeah, it's it, impressive. Yeah, it's, 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 ama- I mean, it's amazing to think about, like, what, it's, I mean, it's impossible to quantify like, what hasn't happened because right. of the college. Right. Like, right. You know, right. Like, what wars haven't had, what battles haven't happened, what lives have been saved because of, you know, people that know each other or. Absolutely. I, I, there's a story, as I recall, um, from the tour, wasn't there a graduate that mm-hmm. was responsible for like the first peaceful transition of yes. power or something yes. like that, that based on what he saw here? Based on what he saw here, that he was, he was able to, uh, instead of go back, as most generals do and have a coup, he decided that he didn't need to do that and he stepped down and wow. then he went ahead and ran for president and in 2014 he stepped down as president and they had another election. It was nice. the first time in their history that they had not had a coup. So yeah. well, I, I, think, amazing. I think my general sense is a lot of people in the area, I mean, we know, most people know there's a fort in Lower right. right. A prison. And a prison. prison. <laughs> but not until... We were talking about programming these, and John mentioned, asked me if I'd heard of this, and I had, I had no idea. Uh, and so I think it's, I think it's amazingly interesting, and in, in why we're doing this. Yeah, and I think you know, and obviously, if you can do the tour, do yep. the tour. They have a beautiful yes. new building, the mm-hmm. Lewis and Clark Center. Lewis that's and Clark, two thousand seven. Yeah. Um, um, and, but if you can't make it up to Fort Leavenworth, I think this is really where the Art of War exhibit comes into play. There are ways you can immerse yourself in this. You know, very much unique to our area, um, jewel. And so, tell tell us a little more about yeah, what sure. that is and how. Sure. And how so, and can... I'll tell you how it came about. So, yeah. one of our board members invited Todd Weiner, who owns the Todd Weiner Gallery in the Crossroads, to come up and take a tour of the fort. And when you go through, as John has seen, we have showcases filled with some of the gifts. Right. Um, because the international officers that you mentioned, they often present gifts absolutely. at the end, at the end of their they leave. Right, right. right. And actually, they do it on, I didn't realize this, but they do it on the front end. They actually oh, come as a way to say okay. thank you. They actually go in and present a gift to the deputy commandant. And is so, this now like the tradition that... That's the tradition yeah. that has gone on. So every year we get roughly, you know, 100 Holy to 100 <laughs> gifts. Beautiful, unique gifts from these countries. So we now have you roughly... you have to find a place to put them and, and we have to find them a place and to put them, them and, and value archive them. And, Absolutely. Yeah. So Todd came up, he took a look, and he said exactly that. He said, well, how can we preserve and protect and archive how can we do this with this collection? And we thought, well, first of all, we need to let people see the collection. Yeah, for sure. So last Labor Day, Todd had a collection for a couple of weeks. And then uh, we had a collection at the Lenexa, um, in the lobby of the Lenexa City Hall in March. And then we currently have one at the Box Gallery, which is inside the Commerce Bank building. So nice. it's very exciting. We've got 22 pieces there, and we've got our video showing. and. Anyone can come in and see it, and you know a lot of people have the same thing. I didn't know there was a college. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was an international officers program. I didn't realize the gifts that were given. Um, so it's a great way for us to get that out into the Kansas City area. When you do the traveling exhibits, is it always the same set of pieces, or if you're going to a bigger space, can you add to it? If you go to a smaller space, I mean, is it customizable? Or it, very good question. Actually, I mean, that's it a lot is, more work. It's <laughs> a lot more work, and that's why we have as our partners the Todd Weiner Gallery, sure, which are yeah. absolutely fabulous, fabulous to work with. Um, and everyone is unique. So when we talked with Lenexo, we asked them what kind of gifts they wanted. 
to sure. have when we talked with the box gallery. Because we have 4,000 gifts, we're able to kind of <laughs> pick and choose, well, you know, what yeah. do you want to, what, what, what do you want to do, what's and it, important You know, the you? Kansas City metro area has got a fairly diverse population, and we have pockets of more diversity, and I can imagine if you're taking an exhibit to a certain area, you may want to bring the gifts that match the diversity of that population or, or from the ethnicity of that population. Yeah, that's an amazing way to be able to customize. Right, absolutely. And 4, so we'll, 4,000, right. <laughs> well, you have, it's, I mean, obviously every gift they give you is valuable. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure some of them are actually quite monetarily valuable that right. we need to take steps to protect and ensure and all that. That's, that's remarkable. It that's is amazing. Right. So it is. So we will be having one in September at the Johnson County Library. So we will be doing, um, they're doing some around truth and art so they'll have a whole different collection that's cool and the other cool thing that i that i want to mention on all of these we always have an educational component to it so we had a leadership panel at the box gallery and we had a poetry reading with several uh, former Vietnam veterans Uh, we will have uh, dr jim wilbanks who's an expert on vietnam will be speaking at the johnson county library so each time we want an educational component again to help the community understand not yeah. only the collection but the importance. You got to put it in context. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so back at the college, yes. do you actually have a, a dedicated museum space or is it just kind of the display cabinets that are wherever you can put them? Right. <laughs> actually, for lack of a better term. For lack of a better term, yes. We, right. we do not have enough space is that to be able to see it. And a we, goal down the road to do that? You know, I would think at some point... With 4,000 pieces, with some I 4, think 000. you can justify having a room to your, to your own. You know, it would be great if, if we possibly could somehow have a room or a museum on the floor. tax dollar allocation you, in the military. <laughs> you build yourself a new classroom, and we will take the old classroom <laughs> and, for our, and fill it with us. There you go. So, yes, we would love to down the road do something like that, but right now it's just more let's educate and get it out just so the community yeah. can see it. It's actually, right? I think, more work and more challenging to do the, what I, for lack of a better term, these mobile displays that go out, but you've got to do something. And if you lack, right. if you lack the physical space to do it where you're at, you take it to the people, and that's, that's fantastic. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So how can, so obviously, like you said, it's in the Box Gallery in mm-hmm. the Commerce Bank building downtown. Right. And that's so... And is that open to, is anybody can just walk yes, in? Yes, anyone can just walk in. Uh, unfortunately, uh, just as you've hit us, the I think the 28th, which is probably the end of this week, we are actually closing it down because we have to get started for the next exhibit. But when is the next one open? It'll be 1st of September. Yeah, it'll great. be open at the Johnson County Library. Well, that's so. good. When this airs, that'll be just around the corner. So that'll be perfect timing, actually. So we'll put... Uh, so that's on the website, right? Art of, yes. The will Art be of, on the war. It w- yeah. and, and we actually have a separate website called theartofwarinitiative.org. It's great. I looked at it today <laughs> in anticipation of our meeting. And Good. one of the things that I thought was really cool um, is that the map that shows where all the gifts are from with pins. Uh, yes. Amazing. It yeah. is a amazing. A global map. I mean, A global yeah, map because you can everywhere. click on it, yeah. see the gift, and then you can click on that again and find out more about where it came from. So obviously you're you're providing these exhibits free of charge. Yes. Are you accepting donations at the exhibit site? Yes. At the exhibit site, we do have a box and are accepting donations if people feel that that is important to them. Um, that's our hope down the road that that will be a way for us to preserve and protect the collection. Absolutely. Other than going to see the collection, which again, just like the tour, recommend that you go do uh, when it reopens in September, how else can people, you know, after hearing about 
Right. Uh, n- now, hopefully, understanding yeah. that we've got this amazing thing just up the road, how can people get involved and support? Um, you know, they can go to theartofwarinitiative.org, right. and we do have a site that they can go on and donate to that site. And what's really nice, it shows all the gifts that we have done and gives them a chance to really look at the mission and the vision and what we're trying to do. So awesome. that might be a um, Is uh, the plan to keep just keep this rolling? Our hope is we've pretty much got a three-year plan. So we right now are booked out to May of 2018. Holy cow. And, and we're trying to do, we're trying to do both states. We're trying to do um, in uh, December or November, December, we're going to be on the plaza, the Country Club Bank, yep. because we're going to have Admiral Stavridis speak about his book. Then we're going to go over to UMKC. So then we'll go to a university. Then we'll go over to Museum of Prairie Fire. Then we're going oh, to yeah. go... Then we're going to go to the Jewish Community Center that's oh. celebrating their 70th anniversary of the State of Israel. So it's we really want so really, to engage. So really, it's every, going to be near you at some point. Right. At some point, at some point, <laughs> if you're in the metro area, area, it's going yeah. to be near you at some point. Right. At There's some no excuse, point. And, exactly. it's, and it is free. It is free. I mean, they take yes, donations, not, but, right, but it, it is, is free, free, so there's really nothing stopping you. Yeah. No, so, and there's be lots of fun educational yeah. things that we'll be doing at the library coming up in September and at all these events. So just look on our website. Well, I think, we'll I think this is going to gonna get away from this idea of people not knowing that the college is there. <laughs> yeah. In three like years, so. I think this is going to make a big difference. Yeah, if you can't go, yeah, if you can't go in September, go down to the plaza. November, yeah. the lights will be on. Do right. some holiday in November. Shopping. Yeah, well, late November. <laughs> sorry. Right. Uh, the lights may or may not be on, depending right. on what day you go down. But there you will do be some, holi- some lights on. Yeah. You'll be able to <laughs> see it. Holiday shopping, go through these events. So, yeah, like, and Prairie Fire is really cool, too. Yeah, Prairie Jewish, Fire Jewish is very great. cool. So, I mean, yeah, this is this is awesome. So, yeah, thank you. This oh, so much. thank you. This is Really, this is great. a great way, again, thank you for us to get the message out. Yeah. Absolutely. Artofwarinitiative.org. Yes. Thanks All so right. much. Thank Thanks. you. We'll be right back. We like to have fun here. <laughs> we do have a good time here, and I thought I had a great time with that interview. That look I, for I our knew first jo- interview, I knew Joan was going to be great. You knew full, her before full disclosure. I knew her before, and I knew of the college before. Obviously, I went on tour there, yeah. um, and it is amazing. But so I, I knew not, it was going to be great. Jim trusted me. It was great. Not was the first great. time, not the last. No. Right? Hopefully, but um, so thank you, yeah. great. Thank you, Joan, yeah, for thank being you, a great, very great much. guest. You, re- I, I said in the interview, but I'll say it again. It is so cool. Like it is worth. Just having the knowledge base of what's yeah. around, just like anything we talk about, where it's like we're trying to discover new things, we're trying to yep. show people like there's nothing maybe higher on the scale of nobody knows about it and how amazing it is. Then, there, there may yeah, not be anything. I would agree with that. More. It'll be tough for us start. to top that. We shall try, and if you know of something, let us that's know. <laughs> We've set a high bar. We have. We've come out of the gate strong, that's, and that's okay. That's right. So, like episode one, we're gonna finish up by going through some of our picks and. Tricks? Yep. I'm going to figure out a name for the segment that's yeah, better than that. I, think I don't so. like tricks, but yeah. we need something. Maybe maybe a musical pun. We'll I'll think about it. it. A coda? Uh, I don't like coda. It's not funny. No. 
<laughs> Thank you for that. Bonus. No problem. I will always tell you that. I appreciate that. As, so, you, as you do with me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, so then you get to start. Um, okay. uh, that's your prize uh, for our art event slash venue pick. All right. Well, of the week of the two weeks. Of right. The week. Well, it's it's close. September twelfth, Tuesday, yep. September twelfth, the U two concert at Arrowhead. How can I not pick that? I do have tickets to this concert. Uh, this will be my third time seeing you two. Um, you know, not everybody loves you two, but you can't deny that they haven't been a force in the industry for three decades now. Um, and I would say that they are one of the masters of the live show. And what they do very, very well is they, they design their shows so that the acoustics work in the uh, arena that they're in. I mean, I don't know how many, stadium. Yeah, stadium. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have been to those concerts where it's just max volume, a stack of speakers shooting out forward, and that doesn't work for the space at all, but that's what you get. Right. Um, U2 is far more savvy than that, and they're also so amazingly technological. I mean, they're the technology. these shows are part concerts, and then part you're wowed at the technology that you've never seen before being utilized. So yeah. I'm sure tickets are sold out. I'm sure you can pay a lot of money for them. Um, but Gyms are not for sale. No, mine are not for sale, but I am super excited to see uh, them live a third time. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm not going to you two, but if you're in the same ballpark, September. <laughs> this is a rough transition, man. <laughs> man, Jim got really blunt over that last break. I don't know if you noticed how nice he was to Joan and how he must have gotten all of that niceness out of the way. I'm just saying transitioning from you two to what you're going to say is, is, is tough. Is it slippery? It is slippery. It's is, a slippery it, slope. It, is it greasy? It is. Is it greasy? Because it's grease. so bad. <laughs> I have to follow through now yeah. on the expectations. Once so, you commit. Starlight Theater, September 8th to 14th. Grease is coming. Um, I love Starlight. I particularly love it in September when you get out of the <laughs> Absolutely. summer. Um, I mean, I think it's... And the productions are great. Yeah, the productions are always And they almost good. always hire local musicians to play. They do. So that's uh, also really great. Yeah, my mom, who's a professional yes. violinist, yeah. violist, uh, played at Starlight uh, throughout Many my years. childhood. They wouldn't so. have to do that. And right. that's really cool that they do. Very much so. So, if you're a fan of Greece or just theater in general, um, obviously a win. Yeah. Uh, win every day of the week out there, especially September, second oh, week of September. It's going to be great. I agree with you. That's the time to go. Yeah. yeah. I went to a show in June. Yeah. A little hot. A little hot. Late June. Little Have you hot. been rained on out there yet? No. Okay. But I think it depends on the genre. If it's like a metal or rock concert, <laughs> that's kind of part of the charm. Right. If it's a musical, though. Yeah, it's not so great. Yeah. Um, I almost made another joke, but I'm scared, so I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, uh, moving on quickly to our listening picks of the week. Uh, I will go first this All time. All right. Awesome. I'm going, it's changing genres, back to, I'm going back to classical, which is what I did last week. Um, since we are a right. symphony-sponsored podcast, must stay true. But you're not limited. To, I'm not limited. I didn't do classical last I'm week. I'm not limited. I know. I'm not limited. So, my pick is Totentanz. T-O-T-N-E-N-T-A-N-Z. I can spell, I promise. Totentons by Franz Liszt. It is kind of a, well, I love the piece. It's really fun. It's, it's for a, piano, it's a, right? It's a piano concerto with orchestra. Not concerto. Well, it's a piano con- piece with orchestra. Piece. Yeah, yeah, concert piece with orchestra. Um, I would say it shows off the instrument really well. Like lots of flourishes, big. You should save this for October. Tell them what the translation is. Dance of the Dead. There you go. <laughs> 
little Halloweeny. I should have saved it. That's okay. But I liked it. It's I a great just, piece. Uh, this whole part of the segment is about what you've been listening to. This okay. is what I've been listening right. to. Right. We, I actually played this in college, not on piano. Right. Obviously. I played the violin, violin part in the orchestra. Um, but I was kind of amazed with it then. I've been listening to it ever since. It's just a really fun, short, about 12 minutes, really easy listen. Um, and it, what I did not know is that it was based on the DSRA melody from the Gregorian. Great melody. Tune. That's also in Symphony Fantastique. It's mm-hmm. in um, Aller 2. It's in, it shows up. Yeah, it, not, not underutilized, no. right? And then it actually, he edited it twice after he yeah. originally came out in 49, edited it again a few years later. You know where twice. else you hear the DSRA chant? In the World's a Fun Halloween Haunt soundtrack. I didn't no know joke. that. It's in the loop they play overhead. Well, appropriate. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Random facts that I know. That's right. So, Totentons, if you're into uh, some good old-fashioned 19th century fun, lots of loud music, that's for you. All right. Mine's gonna I'm, be, not, I'm not even going to give you a segue. That's okay. Mine's going to be a little bit different. Um, Leonard, mine's going to be a Leonard Bernstein piece. Leonard Bernstein was born in 1918, so 2018 is his 100th anniversary. Kansas City Symphony is going to dedicate some concerts to acknowledging the centenary of his birth. Um, and the piece I'm going to pick is one actually most people probably don't know. It's a piece called Divertimento. It was written in 1980, and it was written like I've heard of that. for the 100th anniversary of the Boston Symphony because... Um, Leonard Bernstein was a assistant to Serge Kudzovitsky early in his career, and Serge was the uh, conductor of the Boston Symphony. It is uh, seven movements, I think, um, and it's got um, uh, it's for full orchestra, but maybe fifteen minutes. And the whole piece is delightful. It's 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 very Leonard Bernsteinian. Um, mm-hmm. It's everything you would expect: some charm, some humor, but. I particularly love the second movement. The second movement is a waltz. It's just for the string section, but it's a waltz in 7-8 time. And so it's it's just a little bit off. A little quirky. Yeah, and it, it's, but it's also got that nice little, it's that poignant melancholy that that I think Bernstein captures so very well. It's, I mean, it's in West Side Story. It's in um, Candide. It's in it's in all of his works, but it's, it's, not, it's not sad. Mm-hmm. There's just... Maybe maybe it's like nostalgia. It's like it captured kind of that poignant nostalgia with just a little hint of melancholy or maybe a hint of regret. Um, but I find it amazingly beautiful, and, and the waltz is probably all of three minutes, three and a half minutes, and it's just charming as, as can be. Yeah. So Awesome. I, I'm, I'm going to go look that up because yeah, check the it more out. you talked about it, the more yeah. I was like, I've either listened to it or played it. And so Yeah, or you meant like, it's easy to do just movements from it, so it's yeah. possible you did that. Yeah. So. Um, I'm really bad with names, but I'll yeah. I'll know it if I hear it. So yeah. cool. Um, moving on to again, food, <laughs> food. It's almost yeah. It's getting on to food yeah. time. Um, you go first. Okay, it's your turn to go first. Um, so last in broadcast one, I picked uh, the West Side Local, which I love. Um, another one of the local places I frequent far too often would be Harry's Country Club in the River Market. For those of you know Harry's Country Club, it is not a country club. <laughs> Um, it is a great little, uh, I would say dive, but I think dive has a negative connotation, and I, I don't think that's right. Um, it's got quality, what I call comfort food. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, I, I love fried bologna. I grew up with fried bologna sandwich, so the, the toast, is, it's not fried in a batter, but it's how you could 
Harry's has fried bologna. It's one of the only places in town you can get one. Uh, but all their specials are good. Meatloaf, fish. I mean, it's all great. Um, great ambiance. Uh, and, and there's kind of three facets to Harry's, I will say that. I'm often there for lunch. A lot of business people are there. It's a great place to meet because it's in the centrally located right. in the north and south. Um, I've been there for dinner, um, and that gets a little bit louder. The restaurant yeah. gets a little bit louder because you have the after work crowd. Um, and then they also do live music on the weekends like at 9 and 10 o'clock, and it's, it's more of a bar mode then. Um, but it's just the food is fantastic. Service is great. Um, just a, you know, fantastic local gem. Cool. I don't know. I feel like I've been there once. We should go. We should. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make it. We'll, we'll find some time. Yeah. And all of our. So our you're going to go Indian here, aren't you? I am. Well, I'm going to. I'll counter with that on podcast three then. Okay. Well, and I. It, Is there a caveat coming? Well, here? J, full disclosure, Jim and I eat a lot of Indian. <laughs> <laughs> so and and I was and I struggled. And we with like this. a lot of Indian places, right? And I've and I've I've sampled pretty much every yeah. Indian place in Kansas. So these food endorsements are not exclusive for the genre. They are not. And and I'm sure I know who you're going to talk about in episode three. I'm sure you are. And we'll we'll chat about that then. All right. We'll, just, we'll save it. Tease it. <laughs> Come back next time. All right. But today, and I'll tell you my reasoning for this, That's I'm okay. suggesting Swagget. I'm a big fine fan of Indian it. cuisine in Zona Rosa. It's great. Up north. Not so centrally located. Right. But big open space. Um, Worth the drive. Back, yes, and very much so. The reason I'm suggesting it. Is because, in my opinion, it's got the best lunch buffet in town. I would concede that. And it's... It's just the it's variety. The, the variety, variety, alone, variety is, alone is great. And yep. the food quality is excellent. Yep. Um, the people are really nice there. It's yep. well-priced, all that kind of stuff. And and so yep. I think for... If you like Indian food, you won't be disappointed, period. Um, if you've never had Indian food, yep. I think it's the best place to go try it because you can sample so much at once. You're not intimidated by a menu that you don't understand and can't don't know this all the sauces This may come as are. a surprise to you, but I am a fairly picky eater. So I came to Indian food really late in my life, and that Swagat was the first place I had it. Yeah. Um, and, and it was and the buffet is the perfect. I could sample and try little amounts of things until I kind of found what I liked. Right. And I've been a fan ever since. It's re- I. I was also introduced to it on the later side, and it was also through the buffet. I've never, I'm, I don't think it's, it's really hard to take someone to their first Indian place yes. at dinner because yes. they just look at these sauces and they're yeah. like, I don't know what any of these are, and yep. it, it's just, it's way easier just to try. And some. I'd say that probably true for most any new cuisine if you haven't yeah, really tried it. For sure, the buffet option is really. Yeah, and so I think there are great buffets all over the city. Yes. So if you're in Southern Johnson County. You can get um, yeah, Korma Sutra is yep. great. Um, Modi Mahal's great. Seva's Liberty's great. Like yep. there's there's places everywhere. Yeah. Um, you should go. You should go try them. There's a place in the River market that's also yep. good. I don't know if they have a buffet though. But I think for, as far as variety and quality of the yeah. Lunch so buffet, if you're looking for a lunch buffet, then I, then Swagger would be my choice for that. So yeah. check them out. That's right. Um, all right. Episode two is, I know. is it's, done. It's in the can, as they say. It is. Actually, you have to edit it, so it's not in the can. It's not in the can. It's it's uh, on its way. Wadded up, <laughs> ready ready to throw. Um, so thank you, thank you again to Joan for for joining yes. us. Um, Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. We will be back for episode three. Don't forget to go sign up for season announcements for yeah, the, the North End Symphony, and uh, we will talk to you next time. All right, see you then.